Texas. Later today, I would guess, as they get set for an 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff. You know, it's the uh, it's the Fox Big Noon game at 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It's the Big Noon game at 11 a.m. That's I'm the Eastern you, Time. Yeah, see, Eastern Time Zone. Fox. That is tomorrow. We'll talk about it coming up. Craig Way, voice of the Longhorn, scheduled to join us. We'll effort him as we continue through this segment. Mike Grace inside the Breakline Optic Studios, along with our friend J.D. Byers, getting set for the Jags of South Alabama at Central Michigan. Your thoughts on this Bama-Texas game? I mean, Quinn Ewers is the uh, is the quarterback youngster who I think threw a pick in his first attempt as a Texas Longhorn last week. Did come back and had an okay day in, in their win. Uh, but, uh, but he hadn't seen Alabama yet, man. Yeah, and Alabama going into the opener, I think uh, Coach Saban, not trying to speak for him, but the way I understand it was it was like a a play-in competition. Game one with some of the positions perhaps not completely stated on who's a clear-cut starter. Uh, and when you've got that kind of competition and that kind of depth in the secondary, that could spell trouble for yours. Yeah. Um, We'll see. It, it's a it's an offensive line. I think that it's going to be incumbent to have to block, block a guy named Will Anderson, because if uh, if yours time in the pocket is cut down, or blocking techniques have to be adjusted, and he's passing or, or setting his feet in places he's not used to, that could uh, definitely be good news for an Alabama win number two. Sir, if you'll help me kind of walk through the entire schedule, I'm efforting Craig right now. He said to give him a ring, so I need about 20 seconds to dial him up, sir. And uh, now, if you can when help you me. say com- complete schedule, obviously you can go back to page one of the uh, of the show notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I didn't know, know if you wanted yeah, to yeah, talk yeah, about our guest. That's just uh, my thought. That's the that's the SEC schedule. I would think that we could kind of uh, oh, absolutely you know, yeah, kill some time here. Uh, Thank you. You got Alabama, Texas. Here's what's the early kick as far as the SEC. South Carolina's going to play in Fayetteville. They'll take on the Hogs. Uh, two unbeaten's both are one and zero. Wow, Missouri, one and zero. They can say they're unbeaten. Taking on Kansas, Kansas State at K State. Will they play Wabash Cannonballs? The question. Wake Forest, they go west, young man, and play Vanderbilt, who is two and zero. Believe it or not, I don't know if they've ever been able to say that with uh, wins. So then you got the two thirty time slot. App State at Texas A and M. I think the line on that was eighteen or nineteen. And App State may give Jimbo Fisher a scare. Tennessee at Pittsburgh. 30 minutes later, you get Sanford at Georgia. Here's the night games. Central Arc, the Bears at Ole Miss. Kentucky at Florida. Billy Napier and his team will host a 1-0 Kentucky. San Jose at Auburn Southern at LSU. And then, wow, whose idea was it to kick at 10 p.m. at Arizona for Mississippi State (laughs) in Tucson? Uh, Not a good idea for us Bulldog fans. Our Cowbells, uh, I'm not sure if they ring that late. Uh, but we'll, we shall find out, shall we? He is J.D. Byers. I am Mike Grace. And this guy is the voice of the Texas Longhorns. Craig Wade joins us from Austin. Great to have you with us, Craig. I know you guys have been doing a radio on the horn all week out there. Just what's the pregame buzz been like for this this Bama trip to Austin? 
Well, Mike, I think buzz is the palpable word. I, I think folks are very excited about the game. Uh, you know, uh, having uh, a, you know not just a high caliber non conference opponent, but about as high caliber as you can get. Obviously, with uh, with Bama coming in. Yeah, it makes it something special, and I think folks are very excited at it. Also, and even though they know, uh, you know how uh, much the deck is stacked against them, and uh, you know whatever all the Vegas odds and being a twenty twenty one point underdog, all that stuff, uh, folks are still excited about the Crimson Tide coming to town. And what is a preview of what at some point will be a conference game? Yeah, uh, and and I think people are looking forward to that as well. I've been asked a lot over the past, you know, what is it, fourteen months, I guess since uh, the announcement came down to Texas and Oklahoma would join the SEC you know what uh, what what it's been like and when it first came down there was a there was quite a bit of excitement then it kind of went away for a little while because uh, you know Steve Sarkeesian was just taking over as head coach and everybody got uh, into seeing what was going to happen with Sark and with the, with the football team. They got back in the season. Then they had the disappointment of five and seven a year ago and all the change that he made to, uh, to completely overhaul his roster and uh, and make a few coaching staff changes. And uh, and then as this has started to draw a little closer, I think it has started to ramp up again the excitement that. That uh, Texas will at some point be in the SEC. The question is, at what point? Whether it's one year, two years down the road. But uh, yeah, there's there's some excitement about that too. We'll talk more about the matchup in, in just a minute. The Longhorns hosting the Crimson Tide. Craig Way is our guest. He's the voice of the Longhorns. Speaking of conferences, though, and footprint geography, and yeah, you know Texas, Oklahoma. They geographically somewhat fit as they're coming in and part of the SEC. You got the Big Ten that just went way west. Craig, I was wondering the talk, or what are you hearing about discussion in the Big 12? Uh, Heather Dennett just had a, a quote she published from the Big 12 commissioner saying, we don't have to expand, but I'm still looking at some schools, and those are, happen to be to the west, because according to him, to Heather Dennett, is he believes the Big Ten will be, sooner than later, the Big 20. Are you hearing anything that's on the radar for the Big 12 if they do expand where they may look for more schools? Oh, yeah. You know, the the Big 12 has always been reactionary and not proactive, and that's a major reason why Texas and Oklahoma uh, chose to leave. I mean, they they had these kinds of conversations with Bob Bowlesby and the Big 12 folks uh, two, three years ago saying, we've got to expand. This has got, you know, when the the, uh, grant of rights ends, Following the 24-25 season, we're going to lose out on this if we if we're not proactive. And and the response always was, we're exploring it, we're looking into it, but nothing was ever done. And then they they warned them again six months out that they were looking, and again it wasn't it really taken seriously, I think. And so that's why when the Big 12 said they were shocked and uh, couldn't believe about it, that's that's either not paying attention or, or, or not being completely genuine about the deal. Well, in any event, then, of course, they got reactive, and then in comes Houston, in comes Central Florida, you know, in comes BYU, in comes Cincinnati, and I think now what they're waiting to do is vulture in after the uh, Pac-12, after the Big Ten makes uh, any more selections if, if they swoop in and get an Oregon and get a Washington or something and and in that there or in Arizona State or something, then I think you'd see the Big 12 come in and try to get what was left, be it Arizona, Arizona State, uh, you know, those types of things. So I think they would look at expansion. 
but I think they would once again be following the lead of another league. We spoke, Craig, back when uh, the announcement was made, SEC in Oklahoma, or pardon me, Texas in Oklahoma to the SEC. But we thought at the time it was a couple of years down the road. Do we still think that, or do we think that maybe we could end up uh, with these guys earlier uh, in the conference than expected? Well, Texas would be there tomorrow if they could. I, I, I tell you that, and 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 by saying they could, I don't mean they don't have the financial means. Clearly, they could have that. The the uh, the feet dragging. What has happened has happened north of the Red River, and it's been uh, always reported that Oklahoma couldn't afford uh, the eighty million dollar exit fee plus giving up a year of grant of rights television revenue. So uh, whether uh, you know now there's been more conversations. There's been lots of reports about this. I know Brett McMurphy had a report about it. There's been other folks. Uh, pointing out that now there seems to be uh, some more detailed discussions on how they could make this work, and and uh, you know maybe that means uh, some of the some of the grant of rights get relieved now that the Big Twelve has had a leadership change, and perhaps some of the hard feelings have dissipated. So I think those negotiations are ongoing. Uh, it wouldn't shock me at all to see the path cleared by the end of this academic and athletic school year, but it could be another year down the road. Wow. Uh, something to look forward to. Craig Way, voice of the Longhorns. Good insight there. And as Daryl K. Royal in Austin will be the site for Texas hosting the Crimson Tide. I think it got a little bit awkward last night, I understand, on the Hey Coach program with Nick Saban. Uh, that I think it came up with a caller, and then Nick Saban had some comments about whether or not Texas actually ever engaged him or reached out to his agent, Jimmy Sexton, back in 2013. Uh now, whether or not Texas talked to Jimmy Sexton or whether Saban ever actually had a discussion with Texas, he says it didn't happen. Uh, and then I think he said, it's all, it's, it's all you media's colleagues that made this all a big deal. What, what do you know, Craig? Do, do you think, did Texas reach out and try to grab him at the end of the Mac Brown era? I think there was a lot of noise and a lot of chatter about things that were going on right at that time. Remember at that time that – uh, Texas had come within one win of winning the Big 12. There was no conference championship game for a couple of years, and it came down to a December game with Baylor uh, in Waco in 10-degree weather on an icy field to decide whether or not uh, Texas would win the Big 12. It was largely theorized that if Texas had won the Big 12 championship, that Mac Brown would have been back, and a lot of the big money donors that did not want him returning would have stood down. That didn't happen. Baylor had a huge second half, ended up beating them uh, I believe 30 to 13. They won the Big 12, and then Max still believed, uh, especially after the football banquet, that he was going to be the head football coach. But there had been a leadership change, uh, and and Steve Patterson had come in as the athletic director. Looking at it now retrospectively, the argument can be made that Patterson was coming to be was brought in to be a hatchet man and make changes both with Mac Brown and with Rick Barnes with the basketball program, and then he went away after 14 months. So. There was, there was all kinds of whispers and rumors and all that sort of stuff that went down, but I never saw any hard evidence that any conversations went down with, with say, Jimmy Sexton, and, I, and, and I'm certain there weren't any real hard conversations with Coach Saban at the time. So uh, it was a lot of, uh, you might say, urban myth and, and rumor and speculation. Uh, the same thing happened after... Uh, after uh, Charlie Strong was let go, that Urban Meyer, there were series of, there was never any real basis to that as well. So a lot of that stuff flies, obviously, when when uh, 
the fever pitch is rising among the fan base. Uh, it qualifies as a different uh, version of, of rat poison, uh, I suppose, is, is, yeah. what, is what Coach Saban would say. We're visiting with Craig Way, voice of the Texas Longhorns. Uh, his team hosts the Alabama Crimson Tide, noon Eastern time tomorrow, 11 a.m. kickoff there in Austin. And uh, we kind of chronicled the Texas coaching uh, since Mac Brown earlier this week in the show from Charlie Strong, who you mentioned, to Tom Herman, who may have been able to turn things around if given a little more time. But Steve Sarkeesian instead is brought in. And at this point, I mean, is there any, is there any outcome tomorrow that's going to sour Texas Longhorn fans on Steve Sarkeesian? He's their guy, right? He is. I, you know, I think if Texas were to be, you know, utterly non-competitive and, and have it be similar to what Alabama did to Utah State last week, something, then there, there'd be grumbling. There, there would be grumbling. There's always going to be some grumbling. Or there was grumbling and rumbling last year in a five and seven year. It was his first year. And then he follows up with an outstanding uh, signing class. And, you know, so then the people, you know, die down. There's always going to be, and you guys know this, living where you live and, and, and understanding what, what college football in that state means, that there's always going to be uh, an undercurrent of grumbling almost no matter what the outcomes are because there's enough there's enough of a small base of people who didn't get whoever it was they wanted to be the head coach the last time. So they're immediately going to grumble when things don't go exactly the way they want to go. But anything short of, of just being you know completely humiliated and embarrassed uh, tomorrow, then I, I, I don't think you'll hear too much out of that. I think a lot of Texas fans are looking at that. This is a measuring stick. It's a growth point to show where the program is in just over a year under Sark and how far they need to go. And Alabama's really good at showing opponents how far they need to go. So I think that's what uh, that's what this next marker is, say, for Sark and for his program. Then on the uh, orange side of this thing, Craig Way, who calls the action for the Longhorns on the Texas Longhorn Sports Network. What is the 1A and 1B that would have to go right for Texas to win the game against Alabama? Well, I, I think obviously the, this very young offensive line is going to have to, uh, you know, play above group freshmen starting on the offensive front. Uh, that They're going to have to be able to keep that ferocious Bama defense, uh, you know, out of Quinn Ewers face and, and give him an opportunity because he's a young guy. He's a redshirt freshman who took all of four mop-up snaps at Ohio State last year as a true freshman. So so he's he's a redshirt freshman, but basically for all intents and purposes, a freshman. And uh, he's got to have some time to throw and make some good decisions. I think they need to have a big special teams game. They had a block punt for a, t- or a touchdown last week against UL Monroe. And I know the Tide had a block punt last week against Utah State, but it didn't translate to anything. But they're going to have to have a big game in the special teams. And then you got to find a way to get some pressure on Bryce Young and perhaps force him into some uncharacteristic mistakes. These are all odds against them type scenarios, but it would have to be a convergence of those types of things in order in your scenario for Texas to have a a good chance to win. Craig, it is the premier game on the weekend schedule. We know you've been uh, in high demand because of that, as always, but uh, we especially thank you for working us in this week. Thanks so much for joining us inside the press box. Good luck tomorrow with the broadcast, and we'll talk again soon, sir. My, My pleasure. Thanks. Want to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page, online at pressboxradio.com, or find them on Twitter, Facebook, 
and Instagram at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the PressBox. Box. 